You know, in the, in the Old Testament, often the patriarchs and the prophets, as they departed <clears throat> for heaven or were about to die, they had an opportunity to pronounce blessings or to share prophetic words or even express gratitude. But in the life of the man that is one of my all-time favorite Bible characters, Elijah, he didn't have that opportunity. If you'll notice in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 11... It's the moment of his departure up into the clouds through the whirlwind. The Bible says, And it came to pass, 2 Kings 2, 11, And it came to pass as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. came right between Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I've often thought if Elijah would have the opportunity to share... Uh, gratitude in his life what would he have said and I was praying and preparing and the Lord just said I'm going to give you some thoughts out of that to share on this uh, uh, this your your last big celebration day and I honestly I've enjoyed every one of them but I'm ready for it things to change and and the future to be uh, different uh, Terry and I are enjoying the season that we're in, have an opportunity to share in other churches and call them away from sin to repentance. It's been a joy and a blessing, and one day we'll talk about all of that. In Elijah's life, <clears throat> he had uh, quite a life, a lot of ups and downs, some great blessings, and some deep burdens. He was just a man. Even though he's a good man and a, a godly man, a prophet, he was still uh, just a man. I want us to take a few moments and look at his life. Eight chapters in the Word of God from 1 Kings chapter 17 all the way through 2 Kings chapter 2. Only eight chapters spanning somewhere around six decades, close to six, 60 years uh, in the life of Elijah that we have recorded. And there's lots of things that are not recorded. But I want to preach for a few minutes on this subject, a grateful prophet. And I'm going to talk about Elijah, then I'm going to talk about what I'm grateful for. Uh, take a little ministerial license this morning, a little privilege, uh, and <clears throat> I'm winding down, and so I have the opportunity to do that, and I want to say thanks to God and thanks to uh, many of you. Can we go to the Lord in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your blessing on our lives. Lord, I will never forget, and I'm so thankful for the way you brought that man down to uh, Kernersville that Sunday, all by your sovereign plan. And uh, how he said, uh, there's a little group of people meeting in a storefront building in Dunn, North Carolina. And how you quickened in my heart, Lord, that you wanted us to be a part of that. And how you took the men of this church and women, and you knit our hearts together, and you called us here. And we get to stand here 37 years later, having seen hundreds and hundreds of people come to faith in you all because of your sweet word and your gospel and your spirit and lord i thank you that as bright as we've enjoyed a past that the future is even brighter and i pray lord you'd help us to go back in our minds and hearts to this passage and and see elijah again sitting by that brook sitting at the widow's house with that son experiencing that moment when he died and she brought him to the prophet and that moment when he stands, Lord, before Ahab, will you help us to see it this morning? And Lord, in that moment when he stands on Mount Carmel and the fire falls, I pray we would see all of it this morning as you help us express gratitude and as we look at what we believe he would have said in this moment. We give it all to you, Lord, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. For a few moments, we're going to go back into his life 
and I'm going to share a little of, of our history. A lot of you are brand new here at Central or have been here inside of a year or two or three and know very, uh, not a great deal of our history, but God has been really good to us. And what we've seen happen in this small town has been a, a blessing. And people talk about it everywhere, and yet we just act like it's just a normal thing. It's something that happens all the time. But God has shown us something great and prepared us for a, a bright future. If you'll turn back with me now to 1 Kings chapter 17, and as I walk through some of these stories, uh, I want you to let your eyes fall to some of these particular places. And I, I was thinking if Elijah could, could uh, come this morning, just like he showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he could express gratitude. He didn't have an opportunity to do it when he went up in the clouds. <clears throat> but if he could express gratitude, I wonder what he would say. I think I know what he would say first. Number one, he would say, number one, I am grateful for God's person. And thinking about his life, the first mention we have of him is in chapter 17 of 1 Kings. When he walks in, we just know a couple things about him. He's from Gilead. He's a Tishbite. And he walks into the king's house. Uh, and, and he pronounces woe and a famine that's going to happen. And the rains in the heavens are going to get shut up. But you know his life didn't start there. His life started a lot earlier than that. As a matter of fact, nobody gets here accidentally. So we know he had a mama and a daddy. We don't know how much influence his family had on his early years, his spiritual formation, on God working in his life. There's no record of it. But you know, it's not, it's not much of a stretch for us to imagine his community influencing him, his uh, family influencing him, and him having other spiritual influences as well. And I thought, boy, what a joy this morning. I'm extremely happy to, because my whole family, uh, except my mother's not able to, to be out, but my whole family's here this morning, and I, get, I swell up just a little bit more than normal uh, when the family shows up. And uh, I was thinking of the influence they've been in my life, and I, I was meditating on this a little bit and thinking about God and how God showed up. And before I get to the family, I was trying to imagine what it would have been like possibly in Elijah's life how God came to him and when he came to him, I'm not sure. But I know God revealed himself to Elijah. Long before he would ever have a prophetic voice in the king's house, God began a relationship with him. And Elijah came to God. And they began to get close. And the communion and the fellowship they would enjoy together would be so sweet that God would allow him to have an opportunity to speak into a nation. Now I can only tell you what happened to me. I have a mother who is 93 years old, and she lives just up the road in a little house. And long before I was born, she started praying and believing God that he was going to give her a, a son and that he was going to use that son for his glory. That's the way my life started. It was those kind of prayers. And then it was Sunday school teachers, and it was uh, godly influences in my life, and all the way through until at age 12, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I wish we knew the whole story of Elijah and one day I'll sit down with him and hear all of that. But I'm thankful for, for God's uh, person and how God showed up in my life and how God showed up in his life. If I were to ask you, how has God revealed himself to you? How, how has God showed up in your life? Uh, some of you, we've had some sweet moments recently in gospel conversations and times around the table and times yesterday in the pool uh, with our baptizing and our Italian feast and everything else we enjoyed. These were moments where we celebrated the gospel and we saw God at work 
And I don't know if there's anybody here that has never experienced the new birth, but I want to tell you, if you feel the least bit of conviction this morning, when we talk about Jesus and what he did for sinners, those of us, many of us, have experienced a moment in our life where we realize that it had to happen in Elijah's life. We realized that we weren't God. And we realized that he was. And we came to faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and his shed blood on the cross on our behalf. And this morning, I believe, first thing that Elijah would say, and I know the first thing I would say, I am thankful for God's person. If you are, will you say amen? Number one, grateful for God's person. There's something about this relationship that he had with God that was pretty special. Uh, He got to be a prophet. You know, a prophet listens for God to speak, and then he tells the people what God has said. Now, a priest listens to the people and then goes to God with, uh, with that, uh, those requests and those needs. But a prophet hears God speak. And you know what? One of the things that he says here in chapter 17, look at verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand these years, these before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And then he said, The word of the Lord came unto him. And then verse 8, the Bible says the word of the Lord came unto him. And and then over and over in the scriptures, it it says again and again, the word of the Lord came to him. There was something sweet about this relationship that Elijah had with God. If I were to ask you, is God speaking to you? Are you spending time with him in his word? Are you standing before him daily the way Elijah did? Because God wouldn't just speak to him once. He would speak to him over and over and over again in this 60-year period of time. And for the record... Some of the things that God said to him were hard things. I can promise you, Elijah probably wasn't skipping on his way to Ahab's house. All excited that he got to go in there and tell him that a lot of people are going to die. Because this this famine's coming. Because the heavens are going to be shut up for three years and six months. This was a hard word. It was not fun. Now there were probably other moments. In fact, I'm sure there were. Because of the record in the latter part of chapter 17... After Elijah sits by the brook a while, the Lord sends him down to the widow's house. And there she's in a desperate position. She's gathering those sticks. You'll notice it in the last part of chapter 17. Her and her boy are about to starve to death. And then Elijah gets there and she strikes oil. But it's not that kind of oil you're thinking about. It's cooking oil. And she, that meal barrel never runs out. You know what that means, don't you? Meal and oil, you know that. It's cornbread. They had to have cornbread. That's what it was. Fried cornbread. That's all there could have been in that moment. They're enjoying the meal and the oil. And then something happens later in his visit. That little boy gets sick, about to die. Some believe he did die. And Elijah is able to pray and God moves. And he's able to come and say, here's one of the words so powerful. He brings that little, ba- that little boy back and he says, look, see, thy son liveth. But I- I'm grateful this morning. I believe you are too. And I know Elijah would be for God's uh, person. Number two, I'm grateful for God's people. Uh, I'm grateful for my church. But I thought about starting in, the, in that concentric circle of the most important people. I mentioned my mother and, and her prayers and, and how grateful I am for her. Uh, but I'm grateful for my wife, Terry. I was thinking, I don't know, there's no record as if uh, Elijah was married, but I hope he was married. Uh, number one, I hope he's married. Everybody needs a Terry. I mean, I just think that. Not only for the sweet things, but the challenge that comes along with it. You know, um, Vance Haber says that he and his wife are like sandpaper to each other sometimes. 
But he said what sandpaper does is he smooths out the bad spots too. You see, Terry and I have been a part of each other's sanctification. And I'm very grateful for the person God gave me. And then I'm grateful for Stephanie. And I'm grateful for Tiffany. And I'm grateful for Stephen. And I'm grateful for Brooke. And I'm grateful for my grandchildren. I, I, I see God when I... I'm, I mean, God's been good to me. And you say, well, what about Elijah? We'll get to Elijah in a minute. It's my morning right now. I just want to say something to you on this. I'm grateful when I look in the eyes of Eli and Noah and Canaan and Madeline and Thomas and Justice. I see the grace of God. When I hear my son preaching God's word and I hear my children singing and teaching truth, I'm telling you, it brings glory to my heart. Glory, God gets glory because I quickly give that back to him. I am grateful for the people of God. Elijah would have said, I'm grateful for the people of God too. That would have meant something in his life. Uh, not just that, but if his family would have been a part of that too. And then I was thinking about those ravens bringing him in that flesh in the morning, and flesh and bread, and him drinking by that brook. And I haven't had any ravens, but I've had a bunch of Baptists bring me some stuff, I'll tell you that. All these years, we've been blessed, we've been favored, we've been spoiled and showered. You know why? Somehow or another, I remember the thinking of the leadership of this church when I first came. And I think it was you who said it. If we'll take care of him, and we'll make sure those needs are met, then he can hear from God and lead us in a way that would honor Christ. And somehow or another, God has just poured his blessings out, and I just want to thank God for his people this morning. But Elijah had lots of people to be thankful for. Uh, am I at the people part yet, Lord? Yes, yes, I am. He's grateful for God's people. If you'll look over to chapter 2, or Second uh, 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 Kings 2, uh, uh, and you'll see those, those schools of the prophets. And we'll talk about those in a little while. He's grateful for those guys too. He had the opportunity. The saints had influenced them in a great and wonderful way. So grateful and thankful for, for God's people. Um, you know, I'm thinking through the years of all the ones that are already on the other side that were faithful members of this church and prayer warriors and givers and deacons and leaders. Listen, we didn't none of us get here by ourselves. God saw fit to do this and he did it through the people. And through the power of God, I am grateful for the team of people that I have the opportunity to serve with. <clears throat> God has brought some choice servants and dropped them right here in this church. And if you're new, there's a very good possibility you might be some of those for the next generation. I just want to say thank you. I am grateful. I believe Elijah would have said the same thing. I am grateful for God's people. Lord, I don't want to miss one part of this. You know something else I think he would have said? And I, I, I almost left this out and I thought, no, I'm not leaving it out. I believe he was also thankful for some of the people that weren't gods. Like Ahab. Did you know, with Ahab and Jezebel, you remember the whole scene of how he stole that vineyard from Naboth? Do you remember uh, how uh, Ahab hated uh, God's people? And he hated this prophet. I mean, why are you troubling Israel, he said. And old, old Elijah put it right back on him and said, I'm not the one that troubled Israel. You're the one that troubled Israel. But I'll tell you about this. When it comes to that, I was thinking all the lessons learned and, the, and God's power and presence that we've seen when there's been opposition. Hey, look, it's okay that everybody don't like all of us and they don't want, uh, want to go along with us in the journey. There's other things to be done too. I respect the fact that, that we are different. And, and I, you know, folks can be wrong if they want to be. I, I just want to say that and move on. But my point in all of it, I treasure those Mount Carmel moments. 
And I've learned from, and I'm still learning from, uh, those experiences in my life. I am grateful for God's person. I'm grateful for God's people. I'm grateful for God's provision, number three. I mean, I've mentioned already how the ravens came and, and the brook and the water and the oil and the meal. But God always took care of his servant. And I can stand here and testify to you that God has been faithful to me in meeting every need, paying every bill, preparing for our future. I'm telling you, every step of the way. And listen to me, church. This is not something just for the prophet. I'm a grateful prophet this morning. Elijah's a grateful prophet. But I'm telling you, as for you, you put God first. Seek first the kingdom. I think we heard that on Wednesday night. And all these things will be added unto you. God will meet your need. If you believe that, will you say amen? I'm grateful for God's provision in my life in so many beautiful ways. Not only that, I'm grateful for God's patience. Here's the honest part. I've been declaring for years that I am a mess. Hate to tell you this, Pastor Cameron's a mess too for the future. Our pastors, their mess is sitting right here in front of me on this front row, every one of them. Our deacons are a mess, you're a mess. Look, every one of us are sinners. Even though we're saved by the grace of God, we're still sinners. And we still are going to be weak at times. And there are other times when we're going to fail. Do you remember that scene in Elijah's life? I believe he would say, God, I'm thankful for your patience. Based on 1 Kings chapter 19, if you want to look over there and let your eyes fall to that scene. You know, he's come back from Mount Carmel. and, And God has done such a great work. He is physically and spiritually and emotionally exhausted, and he gets discouraged, and the discouragement, I believe, turns to depression. He's so weak. You know, I I just know in times of physical weakness, it's easy to say things you don't want to say and you don't mean. There's times when you, you feel distressed, but I love the part in chapter 11 where in that moment, the Bible says the Lord passed by. And God meets his need and helps him. I'm glad God's not through with us when we blow it. Can somebody say amen right there? Because I know every one of us, none of us are going to be perfect. I'm grateful today for God's patience in my life. And I'm thankful for your patience. Boy, there have been a few times. I remember the first big time, two things that happened early that you might get a charge out of. Do you remember some of you that have been around a long time remember the old green van with the two big old lights that looked like a frog coming down the road with eyeballs on the top of it uh, that we used when I first got here? Boy, that was a really ugly, uh, terribly ugly van. And I, I was a young pastor, and I was so excited about making hospital visits in those days. I mean, obviously, when you're young and you're first getting started, you're so excited about everything. So people come and say, Pastor, I'm having to go to the hospital. I have had heart problems. I say, really? I mean, really? You know, I'm sorry to hear that. But I got in that green van, headed to Wake Memorial. Some of y'all remember those early uh, parking decks. And they had real, they were low as ever. And it said clearly, don't come in here if your vehicle, well, I'd never driven vans before much. I had a car and drive. So I pull in there, and the first thing I hear is those two eyeballs, lights just hitting the crack. And then I'm already in there, so I think, well, they're probably off now. So I start to go, and all of a sudden, those bolts that were in there start ripping holes, ripping down through there. And then I try to go forward. Well, I'm a, instead of backing up, I'll go forward, and shoo, they're scratching again. 
And I'm thinking to myself, boy, I am in trouble now. 24 years old, first church. Man, they're going to be ticked off at me. And I, I've tried to figure it out how I'm going to communicate that with them. I come to church. I say that to them. You know, uh, can I meet with the leaders? And I set them all around. Some of you remember this. And I said, look, I, I've done something terrible. I've, I messed up the old van. And they sat there for a minute and just kind of looked at me. And then they said, oh, don't worry about that van. Uh, everything will be all right. If I'd have known what was going to happen after that, I would have tore that van up earlier. <laughs> but let me tell you what happened next. True story. True story. The following week, we come to church. We walk in there. I think it was a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, Pastor Cameron, and they're whispering around. And I told Terry, I said, they're talking about, they're going to remove us. They're going to remove us tonight because of that tearing that van up. Liv, do you remember this? And they said, we want y'all to stay in the church. We're going to all go outside and want you to come out in just a little while. But there was no laughter. There was no joy in it. They just said, we want your family. You and your family stay here. And my kids, two of them were in diapers when we got here 37 years ago. And it's funny, you know, they were in diapers. And now that I'm leaving, I'm going to be close to being there. But, I, but here's, here's what happened, though. They said, want you to stay in here. And y'all, we're going to all go outside. They went outside. It must have been 40, 50 of us, maybe, 30, maybe less than that, 30, 40. And when I walk outside, Pastor Cameron, they have two automobiles there that they had they picked out. They weren't brand new, but they were really nice, gently used automobiles. And they, there were tears in their eyes, as there are in some of them today when they remembered it. They said, you know, we didn't want you driving that green van anyway. And uh, your old car hardly goes. Do you remember this, Margie? And, and you said, uh, I want you to pick either one of those that you want. Pastor Cameron, this is the kind of grace that's been shown me. And I, I, I just give God the glory. I'm thanking the Lord for His person today. And I'm so thankful for His people. And I'm thankful for His provision all along the way. And I'm thankful for His patience, not only from the, from, from the people. I remember when we built our first building, uh, first or second building, I thought I knew so much. And they were so gracious. When you're young, and it, it, it's interesting, isn't it, how ignorant you are when you're younger? I just knew, I knew. I was, and I'd heard all these nightmares about, you know, if you let one person or two or three in the church contract, you divide your church. So I thought, I'm the leader, I'll just do this myself. And I ordered this whole course of these specialized blocks that things laid down in, and they were all the wrong thing. Every one of them were wrong. It cost the church hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I knew then, I told Terry, they're gonna, I've, I've really told her all these years, we were, we've always been expecting that call, you know, or come in and meet with us, it's all over. But the grace that we've seen, God has been patient to us. How many are grateful for God's patience? I believe Elijah would say, God, thank you that you have been patient with me. You have been patient with me. You've been forgiving. You've been gracious. All he did, all he's done is show his grace all along the way. Let me hurry. I'm grateful today. I believe Elijah would say if he was here, that he's grateful, listen to this, for God's posterity. You say, what does that mean? Well, the word means all future generations of people. But let me tell you what I see. In Elijah's life, his life was a life of influence. If you'll turn over to, uh, to chapter, he mentions in chapter 19 here, uh, he mentions Elisha. But if you'll turn over to 2 Kings chapter 2, I'll, I'll tell you something I found this week. And I, I, loved, I preach these texts so much, my Bible's worn in this area. But I found out something I did not know. I thought there were three sons of the prophets, three schools of the prophets. There weren't. There were six schools of the prophets. Elijah presided over six small Bible colleges and had influence in lots of young prophets' lives. 
They were uh, Rama, Rama, Carmel, Samaria, and then three of them are mentioned in the text. Gilgal in verse 1, Bethel in verse 2, Jericho in verse 4. In all of these cities, Elijah would go and would train those prophets on how to hear God speak and how to respond when God speaks. Hey, he had some influence. And I don't know why God has favored me the way he has Elijah, but I'm a grateful prophet today, and I will say to you, I am grateful for God's posterity. I love the fact that God has brought young pastors, and now they're not so young, some of them, but they're men of influence, and all over our country, people call them and chat with them. I'm grateful for the influence of my son and the coaching and the developing uh, that he's doing in people's lives and the churches that have been planted and the work that's been done. Look, I just want to tell you, God has favored us as a congregation to have influence in the lives of others. And I think Elijah would say, God, thank you for bringing these people into my life and letting me have a small part in what you're doing in their lives. I'm grateful, I believe Elijah would say, for your posterity in my life with these young people prophets and preachers. Boy, I surely feel that way. Me and Terry sat down and did a little inventory the other day. We, we've, never been, uh, we've never promoted anything, never asked for a meeting, and yet we are crisscrossing the United States right now. And uh, we were looking at doing a little inventory. You know the churches we're in? Few of them have pastors older than me or even near my age. God is allowing us to do what Elijah got to do. And we get to encourage and affirm and rejoice in and set a fire under young pastors. And we are so grateful for God's posterity. Let me hurry now. I was telling them in the early service, I, I got a few more points today because it's my, my last big anniversary. I, I want to make sure to get all the points in. And, uh, and I, somebody stopped me in town not long ago. And there's a guy that, I don't know if he used to be in our church. I think so. I think he used to be a, a member at Central. And he said to me, he said, Brother Tom, he said, I want to tell you something I appreciate about your ministry. I said, well, what is it, man? You always need a little encouragement. He said, you're, you're, you're just such a simple preacher. I thought, well, hey, thanks, man. That is great. He said, I'll tell you something else, too. I always remember about your preaching. He said, you always had three points, just three. I'm thinking, oh, boy, this coming Sunday, I got seven of them, you know. <laughs> Sorry. They'll clap again when they say this is the last one, Pastor Cameron. But notice with me number, number six. I am grateful. Listen to this. This is a big one. I'm grateful for God's power. Did you know anything that's happened? Elijah would say this. Hey, when that fire came down and when those words of power came, none of that, Elijah would have said, was me. That was the power of Almighty God. He sent that. Every bit of that, he would say. And do y'all know that everything we've seen God do? And I just was going through some of it in my mind of what I have been grateful for. And Chandler was reminding me in the early service of times when the fire has fallen in this church. I mean, I've just mentioned a few of them. I can't, they're, they're all recorded in the minds and hearts of the church people. But I remember one of the first times was right outside on the other side where the parking lot is, on the other side of the preschool building. And what had happened is we set up an old tent. Why we did it, I don't know. It was, and I think it was the summertime. But A.C. Carpenter came and he preached on the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord moved in this church in an unusual way. Because from that time forward, we, we really emphasized the ministry of the Holy Spirit and His power and His fullness. But it was beyond that. I remember beyond that, we had that three-week revival in the 80s. 
where the Lord did such a work in the lives of his people, saved 35 people. It was not even planned. It was a spontaneous move of God. And do you remember that morning when we first moved in the chapel, when the Mike Speck family came? Mike was going through something, and the wind blew in that service, Pastor Cameron, and revival fires broke out, and God began to save folks, and nobody preached a lick that morning. Just manifestations of the power of God. Do you remember when Bob Pittman came that year and we were so discouraged and beat down because we'd had three major deaths in our church, some on the staff, and he came and preached that little message about uh, your song, getting your song back. Uh, remember, it was that text where he said, before Jesus went out to the cross, they sung a hymn together. He said, I believe this church has lost its song, and it might have, but before that meeting was over, God had given us our song back. And then who could forget 2019 when God brought Life Action Ministries here, but more important, the Spirit of God settled in among us. And for those days, there was genuine repentance and renewal and revival, and we enjoy some of the residual benefits all the way through. But when I was thinking about God's power and being grateful for God's power, and I think Elijah would say it because the, the Spirit of God is mentioned in 1 Kings 18. We won't look there, verse 12. But if you look here in chapter 2 of 2 Kings, where we are right now, there are three mentions of the Spirit. One in verse 9, uh, and then one in verse 15, the Spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And then finally in verse 16, <coughs> And they said unto him, Behold, now there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go and pray, I, we pray thee, and seek thy master. Peradventure the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up, and cast him upon some mountain or, upon, or in some valley. I want to tell you, every bit of power that we've seen has been from God Almighty. If you agree with that, will you say amen? I was looking at the, at the text and thinking about the fire. And fire associated with, uh, and I'm almost done now, stay with me here. Uh, the fire associated with this prophet. See, we're thankful for God's power. He was thankful for God's power. Do you remember when he's standing at Carmel? And all the... Uh, the prophets of Baal up there cutting themselves and dancing around and singing and, and crying out for their gods. Who, which, by the way, uh, Baal's the fire god. Surely the fire god can bring a little fire. But no fire came. And finally Elijah said, that's enough of that. And he moved them out of the way and he started repairing the altar. And then you remember they built the altar, put the wood there and poured the water on. Poured more water and more water. And then he prayed that simple little prayer at eventide. Lord. I want them to know that you're God, I'm paraphrasing, and that we're your servants, and we've done all these things at your word. And the Bible says the fire of God fell and consumed the offering, consumed the altar. Terry was in a Sunday school class the other day in one of the churches we were in, and the man that was teaching said, I ain't looked this up yet, so I'm not stating his fact, but he said on Carmel there's still a place that uh, is a manifestation of fire and grass has never grown back there again. Now who knows that? Don't tell. I said that. I'm going to look that up. If it's true, I'm excited about it. That's going to be some good preaching right there. But then not only that, listen to this. Look over. Turn one page back to chapter 1. For, uh, 2 Kings chapter 1. Now <clears throat> this is a little gruesome, but it happened. The prophet of God goes down because <clears throat> uh, Ahaziah fell through. He disobeyed God. And really uh, made God angry. And the Lord uh, sent, uh, uh, they called for the prophet. Elijah goes down there and he said, I hate to tell you this, king, but you're going to die. But the king didn't like to hear that. So Elijah just goes away after he says what he's going to say. Well, they look everywhere <clears throat> and they can't find him. 
And then they come up on him, and then he goes up to the top of a hill. Let me tell you how I've imagined this. I hope you have a good imagination, because sometimes when all the details aren't there, you can imagine how it might have been. I'm not adding to or taking away from Scripture. But here's what I imagine. I can imagine Elijah up on top of that mountain. And he's got his back to the... And the king says to, to one of the captains, Hey, go get 50 of your soldiers and bring them up. Up to where the man of God is. And you tell him that I said... I'm the king. You tell him I said to come down. So I can imagine Elijah, he's there and, and he's sitting on top of the hill. And they come up. Look at verse 9. Uh, 2 Kings 1, 9. Then the king sent unto him a captain of 50 with his 50. And he went up to him. And behold, he, Elijah, sat on the top of a hill. And he spake unto him, Thou man of God... The king said, come down. <clears throat> and Elijah said, I don't believe he even turned around. Look at this. And he said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50. And the Bible says, "Woom!" the fire came. All of them are dead. 51 lay dead right there. Well, the king's waiting. He's thinking, the prophet said, I'm going to die. I don't like that prophecy. I want him to come back. He don't come. He don't come. He sends a messenger probably, and he comes back and says, I hate to tell you this, but all them 50 soldiers and the captain lay dead, burned to a crisp in that field. So you know what? The king's so care he's so caring for his soldiers. He sends another captain. Hey, next captain number two, come up. What? Me? I'm glad. I mean, you imagine how he couldn't have been excited about it. Look what's just happened. Number one, this prophet's to call fire down on Mount Carmel. And now he's just burned to a crisp all of his buddies. So he, he gets his 50. I, not, I'm not volunteering for this. I mean, they finally get 50 up, and they start there. And I can see Elijah still sitting up there, communing with God. And the Bible says there came down, middle of verse um, 10, and there came down uh, from heaven fire and consumed them. Now look at verse 11. And also he sent unto him another captain of 50 with his 50. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus saith the king. And he adds something. Come down quickly. And Elijah, look at this said unto him, If I be a man of God, same thing. Let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Now a hundred and two people are dead in that place. You would think, wouldn't you, that the king would back off. Oh no. Oh no. Then he sent a third captain. Now, I'm talking about God's power. Are y'all listening to me? I want you to understand. Listen to this. God has power to work and to bless, but God also is just and righteous. And we see the power of God in this moment, grateful for God's power. This time, uh, he comes. these guys come, and he's scared to death. Look at what he says. He's on his knees. He fell on his knees before Elijah, verse 13, and besought him and said, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these 50 thy, uh, thy servants be pre precious in thy sight. Behold, thou... Uh, there came down fire from heaven and burned up the two captains in the former fifties with their fifties. Now, therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him. So he goes back. Do you see the, the power of God? I believe Elijah would say, I'm grateful for God's power. Now let me give you my last one and I'm done. I, I'm so grateful today for you. I'm most grateful for God. I'm grateful for you. Elijah would have said, I'm grateful for God's people, for God's person, for, for God's provision. Uh, I mean, he was grateful. But finally, I want to say, <clears throat> this season of my life, I'm very grateful for God's partner. Did you notice 
in the last part of that scene when Elijah went across Jordan, just before the, the whirlwind took him up. He didn't go by himself. He went over with Elisha. And for the record, listen to this. Did you know Elijah didn't choose Elisha? Just for the record. If you go back and dig that up, guess who chose Elisha? God did. You say, well, wait a minute. We voted on him, 95%. And you think that's your choosing? You know how quick God could change every bit of that? We just were affirming with our vote. God chose the partner. I'm thankful for God's partner. It's God's choice. Now, I choose him now, too, if I got a chance, but I didn't have a chance. It was God's business. He chose him. We affirmed him. And I can see the scene, if you'll, in closing, just imagine this with me. They walk over together, having this conversation. Hey, what can I do for you? I don't want to hurt you. We've had this conversation. I want to love you. I want to help. I want the future to be full of fruit and blessing. and God be glorified. So, And Elisha looked at Elijah, the old man. He said, I want a double portion. Boy, I like double portion people, don't y'all? I want a double. They're going to have a little lunch for us in a little while. You know what I plan on getting? A double portion. He said, I want a double portion. And they're just walking over. And they love each other. Oh, Elisha been pouring water on his hands. And then they get over there. And all of a sudden, this chariot, chariot of fire. Boy, fire's all around oh, Elijah. God, if you pray for me, pray that way. God, keep your fire all around you. And it comes down and divides them from heaven, from earth. And then all of a sudden, the whirlwind goes up, boys. And all of a sudden, Elijah whoosh, goes up in that cloud. Now, I ain't planning to die no time soon, I'll tell you that. But my role is changing. And I'm grateful. As Elijah was grateful for Elisha, I'm grateful for God's partner for the future. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Pastor, what do we take from this? Well, number one, we take this. A life lived with God. Listening to him. Sitting with him in the quiet by the brook. Serving with him on the widows and speaking for him faithfully to those who need God, need his word. That's the life you want. That's the life I want. Boys and girls, I want to tell you, there's a boy or girl, just like I was a little boy or girl in this room, probably many of you, that the Lord's going to talk to you and tap on your heart. He's going to give you an opportunity to follow him and to serve him, commit your life to him. I promise you there's nothing you could give your life to that would mean more than the work of Jesus Christ. But I wonder if you're grateful. Are you grateful for God in your life? Are you grateful for his people? Are you grateful for his provision and for the future? And Are you grateful for his power? Would you tell him that right now? Would you worship him in that way? And maybe you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to come. There are pastors here and there are friends here that would sit down with you and answer every question you have but most importantly join you in a prayer of repentance toward God so that you can know for sure that you're his Father thank you for the prophet Elijah thank you for the years thank you for the joys and Lord we want to be your servants we're listening to you we want to experience your will thank you God that the prophet 
the new prophet experienced a double portion, double the miracles, double the manifestation. God, would you do that here in the days that are before us? We believe you and we thank you in Jesus' name.